<laughs> Welcome to the Big Footy Tiger Cast. I can't believe it. I've found a countdown clock that mutes everyone and Tiggs is still unmuted himself during the intro and spoken. Mate, You're... I don't live in Soviet Russia, brother. Free speech here, buddy. Jeez, no, you're good, mate. You're good. Well, welcome aboard, everyone. Thanks to everyone for tuning in live. We think this has gone a little bit smoother than last time. Uh, as you can see, there's four faces here tonight, uh, as you would have all cottoned on to our social posts. CB and Tiggs, welcome back to you, fellas. Evening. Yeah, evening, all. And, and Justin Charles, welcome back to the show, mate. Nice to have you back. Great to be back, Chris. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Yeah, I saw you comment on a on a Welcome post everybody. by the journals, <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, I'll see if he's keen because everyone loved your footy thoughts. And like I said to you, even to this day, people are always asking, "When are you getting Justin back? When are you getting him back?" His insights are great, so we're we're wrapped to have you back on. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, as I was mentioning just off air, I, I wasn't sure social media was uh, the platform for me. I get too confrontational. Um, and what bothers me is uh, people say things, they hide behind, uh, you know, pseudonyms and they say things that they would never say to your face. And that's not good for someone like me. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but, yeah, uh, I, I did venture back on and I love of the text. Look, it is what it is. And uh, I think uh, put things in perspective and I, I just, I love commenting on so it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Jake, you know, if, I can, if I can say this, mate, you're talking to a bloke who probably holds a record of suspensions um, in other in other forums. Um, never be silent, mate. Um, <laughs> just be yourself and fuck anyone else. That's how I live. Um, I'm right with you. Yeah, but don't go off social media again, mate. You you, you contribute a lot. Of, I know I'm speaking for a lot of people, particularly on the Tiger board. Um, we're poorer not to have your contribution, mate, so don't let the maggots win. Yeah, well yeah. said, Tiggs. Uh, and just for everyone tuning in no, live, there you. is Appreciate a, a language you. warning. Pete, there could Thanks, be Tim. the odd if I'm dropped every now and then, but it's all from a place of passion, so you have been you have been warned. But uh, good to be doing this on the back of a great win on the weekend. And <laughs> I must admit, it was oh, a little bit unprecedented. Uh, I think a few of us wrote us off. I think we all hoped that the Tigers would win. But um, CB, what did you make of the big game? I'll just say this firstly. It's good to see you're at a groupie's dungeon tonight, Michaels. And oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, got, my wife brought me home an extra light bulb from the shops the other day because it was a bit dull in here, and I've spun the chair around, and I've got the uh, the, the footy memorabilia wall behind me now. It's good. Feeding, feeding him, JC. Last week I thought he was broadcasting from like a, a sex dungeon or something. I wasn't sure where, <laughs> it was, where he was. I was concerned, but this is a bit more comforting for me this week. So good stuff, good stuff. Well, let's get into it, boys. Um, nice. Actually, I'll say this. Elton John's wig has threatened to air my text messages from about half time of last weekend's game, and I will be the first one to say I may have lost a little bit of faith in the way because <laughs> it wasn't quite going our way. But um, as we've seen last weekend, a wonderful um, victory to the Richmond Football Club. Richmond, 13-9-87 to the uh, Greater Western or greater waste of space in Sydney, 12-11-83. So up by four points in a thriller. Um, goal kickers, Martin with four. And let's face it, that it was a goal. It was a goal. Arts two, <laughs> RCD two. That was fantastic. Uh, George, Lynch, Nank, Rewalt, and Rioli one each. Um, a wonderful win for the club. And I'll throw it over to the great man. Let's get him back into it. JC, 
how did you see the game? Yeah, I, I guess one of my uh, biggest attributes on, or particularly Twitter during game time, is uh, uh, I really felt that we were a chance all the way through. I've got to admit, um, there was a time, I think it was in the second quarter, where it seems like in the modern game there's a threshold of around four goals. If you don't, if you don't get within that four goal range uh, before half time. The sides tend to kick on, and it's very difficult to to rein it back in. So we're able to do that. Dusty kept us in it, um, and uh, I, I knew I, I was pretty confident that we were going to, uh, you know, take the game um, once we got it uh, back on our terms. In that, uh, you know, from from the half time, um, I was pretty confident we were going to take the chocolates. Um, it was a game we pinched, though. I, I didn't. I thought Greater Western Sydney around uh, around the stoppages. They were they were getting clear use of the footy in close, and when we were tackling them, they were really able to get their kicks away and get their handballs away. Like we weren't able to sort of hold the ball up in the in our tackles. Um, and on the flip side of that, we weren't able to get the ball going our way when we were getting tackled. So that was a bit of a concern. I've never seen that. Uh, as obvious before, um, but what we saw was the heart of a champion, uh, a heart of a champion team, just finding a way to get it done. And in that last half of the last quarter, um, I really thought Dylan Grimes really stood up as well, uh, and we were able to do that forward press and keep the ball in our forward line, um, which and we had it all in our terms. Uh, was it was a really good result. Jigs, what about you, mate? Yeah, I'm like JC. I tweaked during the game as well. And um, unlike the other blokes on the podcast, I actually tipped us to win the game. Hang um, on. And the reason I tipped I, us to win. I, we yeah, all tipped sorry, us. Sorry. All on record, mate. All on record. I'm sorry, you hating YouTube blokes hating on the Tigers like, well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, sorry. I'm going to ask you, Michaels, are you a prepper? Are you a prepper? You know, like in case of the apocalypse, is that cans of fruit and beans behind you? No, they're the uh, Premiership Carlton draft cans. Fantastic! I can't see because they're a big footy banner. They look like um, cans uh, of fruit. But anyway, I digress. No, <laughs> um, I felt the first first half was it was frustrating to me. Um, the positives first. Our kids in the midfield got overwhelmed at the start of the game. I felt. But then statistically, if you look at it, we started to balance up the centre clearance. We started to balance up the stoppages. Um, they started to settle in the game. But what, why we're getting hurt um, is at the initial contest, they, they tended to stand up, but then they didn't follow the mature players around. Um, so if you notice at the beginning of the quarter, GWS midfielders were the ones scoring their goals because our younger kids obviously weren't um, – not the concentration or the discipline, but you know, just not the game experience to know when to follow them. Um, and when to defend them. Um, so that caught us out a bit. I got really frustrating, and I tweeted it. You know, everyone knows I love Hardwick. I've always been a firm defender of him, and he's a great tactical coach. But I believe he, I don't know if it was the week leading in, I don't know if it was the Geelong game, but our strongest line as a side, while we're so weakened, is the back line. That's my opinion. That's the strongest line that we have. That was not weakened. Dave Vlosten is still very scratchy. Um, Hawley is still very scratchy because they're coming in off injuries. That's our strongest key line. So for him, when he removed Bolter 
from that dynamic, particularly against a team with three tall forwards. When Bolter was rucking, and it got really exposed in the second quarter, he was rucking with no intelligence. He was just, and this is not a knock on Bolter, but he was just tapping the ball to space. And the GWS players were cleanly grabbing it and moving it forward. And I tweeted at half time that we coached, it was a dumb coaching move in my opinion. Um, and I, I felt if we go back to our structure, uh, bring the defence with the three tools, get the semblance of our back line strong again, um, make the game ugly. And I love how Harwick then brought Baker up, brought a couple uh, – George Castagna had a great midfield minutes when he was in there with his chaos. Arts did fantastically well. So he, he rotated who he should rotate through the midfield, the smaller, speedier types that will – they might not be able to compete in body size against the GW's bigger mids, but as the longer the game went on, their endurance would kick in and that's how it ended up showing. And once we did that, from the game was a completely different game. We made it a Richmond game. We made it um, – we created stoppages, which is a strength of ours, which we haven't, we didn't show against Geelong, and it covered our injuries slightly. I have to say, the standout for me is if people need to appreciate, we are seeing a playing legend, which is so rare. We're seeing a bloke that you probably see once every twenty odd years, thirty odd years playing the game. That's still got another five years, but appreciate what you're seeing now because it's so rare to see it. Uh, he's an extra level, Baker. I just, you know, if I was, I just, I just love him to death. He, the way he stood up, Grimes showed how important he is to us in relation to leadership. And um, yeah, it was just, I was so proud of the team. Like when we won, I don't normally swear on the socials, but I couldn't help it. It was one of those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Swear on the socials. <laughs> I don't normally say, you know, where for fucking time. Yeah. But, okay. um, it was, it was, it made me proud. You know. Mm. That always made me proud, but really, really proud. And it was a great, it was a great moment. The only thing I've got to add is it was a, a coaching masterclass from Hardwick in the second half. Like you see Mansell yeah. and Hawley playing up forward. I mean, that's a ballsy call. And even leaving Dustin Martin deep inside 50, when the game's on the line and we need to kick goals, we're playing catch up footy and you've got the best mid in the comp sitting in the goal square, backing in the young blokes in the middle. That takes balls to do that. And it paid off. And, yeah, credit to the coaching staff. And then you see Tom Lynch lining up on a wing, then Curvis lining up on a wing. They were just chucking magnets around to, to catch him off guard, and it worked. It was it was wonderful to watch that second half. Is is Liam Baker now known as um, the Weight Watchers meatball? Weight Watchers. Yeah, well, <laughs> he was pretty good. Um, the player I want to touch on, though, is you brought him up, Tiggs, was Vlosten. And, uh, Justin, you put out a tweet that you weren't sure whether Vlosten should have maybe come back through the VFL. To me, um, he, he he just looks uh, he looks off. The game looks a bit quick for him at the moment. And look, he is an out and out champion, and I'm I'm very, you know, I couldn't be a, a bigger Nick Floston fan. Um, I mean, he's a he's an absolute out and out hero, and he will he will catch up. But I'm just not sure would have twos. You know, to get some, just to get his legs underneath him. Um, one of his best attributes, or his best attribute, is those uh, intercept marks and uh, making the, the uh, three on two marking contests, um, two on one marking contests. He hasn't taken one of those yet, um, and that just shows uh, to me um, that reading the play is just something that um, 
it's a timing thing as well uh, and getting in the flow uh, of the game. And I just, you know, in the twos, you can just dominate in the twos and, and get that timing back and, and get that reading of the play back um, and take 25 marks in the seconds. Um, and that's there's no better way to get your confidence yeah. than that. Um, look, he's, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, sometimes you've got to go backwards to go. And I just felt, you know, that was just an observation um, that, that I made. Would you, Justin? Uh, Justin, would you um, say the same at Bashahuli? He hasn't had a preseason, and he looks like he's just—he's not quite the Basher old that we have seen. And I reckon he's probably in the same basket a bit. I think he needs—it just looks a little bit. Yep. The, the game's a bit too quick for him at the moment. He can't quite yep. get to the positions that he would normally get to. Definitely. Uh, once again, he's a champion, and I think. You know, he's been copying a little bit of flack that I see um, on socials. And these are the things, our champs, they've got a lot of credits in the bank, right? And uh, Bash has got plenty of credits in the bank. Um, I think also um, uh, Ramadan plays into it as well. I'm not sure, you know, dietary requirements. It's never affected him in the past. And he doesn't carry any weight anyway. He's superbly conditioned. Um, but... You know, just coming on, uh, having time out of the game and coming back from a big injury, like a, a debilitating injury. Um, I, I think you're right. I think a run in the twos just to get your legs under you back. He's been doing a couple of things that I've never seen him do. And it, it's, you know, tapping the ball when the ball's on the ground, which is what we do, but tapping the ball and still absorbing the physical contact. And I'm not making any aspersions here. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know, yep. I've never seen him do that before, you know, tap it and sort of get out the way to avoid contact. Um, he, he done it twice. There's two, and two instances. That's not an aspersion. Right, right, right. And if you, you know, and that's, I've never seen him do that before. And I'm glad, you know, CB, that you, you saw it as well. Um, and I'm not making, you know, I'm not making it up. I, I just, that's a little concerning and I don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to see that. He, he's playing in a position where, you know, he can't afford to do that. Um, but I think you're right. I, I think definitely, um, you know, the game is so fast these days that you, any time off, um, you know, I think you'd, you'd need, you can do all the training you like, but match fitness is nothing like it. And, um you know, coming back through the twos probably would have served him. Justin, can I ask you um, about a particular player? He's a, he's a new player, and I know we've got great kids, and others will probably talk about RCD and Nash. Nash is spectacular, in my opinion, but there's one player that I'd love your opinion on. Um, I've seen a lot of halfbacks, a lot of younger players coming into the system, and particularly Mansell, where he's come from. To me, he just looks like... He's got a 150-gamer brain. He's not overawed against who he plays against. He's very accountable. He's extremely disciplined. And, he's, and he straight lines the ball. He's not afraid of body contact. I just love your thoughts on, on Mansell. Do you see – Are you, do you share the same opinion as oh, I reckon we've got a 150-200-gamer on our hands? And his, his discipline off the ball, for me, really impresses me when I see when I, what I've seen of him live. What's your thoughts? I think, you know, weather hunted and um, to to have so many out, you know, like we've got 
five or six of our best 20 out of the game uh, currently and to still win and be competitive at the highest level is just unbelievable. And it's players like Mansell. And we mentioned this, um, you know, last year, our recruiting staff, how how really good they are at identifying a Richmond man and and, and the type of player that we need um, to, to play system. I just think Mansell's one of those kids. They've identified him. He's, he's, a, he's won premierships you know, from juniors right through to seniors. Um, and he just, when you're used to winning, it's just like racehorses, you know, they're bred to win. And when if they get in the habit of winning when they're young, um, they keep winning. Uh, and he's in the habit of winning. And he steps into, uh, you know, a high-octane, high-performing team. And I'm, I'm with you, Diggy. Um, you know, it's, he, he hasn't missed a beat. I really like what I'm seeing. He's great. He, he's he's really slotted in, and I, I think he's hard at uh, run straight at it, like you said. And um, yeah, he's got a big future. And and Michaels, we'll, we'll talk about the great man who's having his best season so far in his yellow and black career, and that's with three premierships under the belt. Big Toby Nankervis melting oh. the opposition. How'd you how'd you <laughs> find his game, mate? You can't not love Nankervis, can you? He he's you know you talk about cult figures at the club he's going to be right up there by the end of his career the the mountain of work he does is phenomenal um getting from contest to contest played on a wing drifts forward he just impacts every part of the ground as you would want a ruckman to do and you know for a ruckman size he's probably a little bit undersized compared to a lot of other blokes but his heart and work rate far outweighs what a lot of the other blokes have and you, you just wouldn't have him any other way cb as, as you say, mate, what would you do? Would you rather pay Brody Grundy a million bucks or 550000 to Toby Nankervis, mate? I know what I'm taking. Yeah, you're taking Nank the Tank every day of the week. Um, the last play we should touch on before we push on is Hugo Ralph Smith on his debut. Now, Tiggs, you were calling for him to come in for a few weeks now. What did you think of Hugo's game? Yeah, no, he didn't let me down. He didn't get hit, uh, off. He didn't get used as often um, as I believe he could have been, but what was important, he was making those runs. He was um, opening up the lanes for us. And But when he had his opportunities, a very neat kick. It's a long penetrating kick, but he's hard at it. Um, and he's a smart footballer. Um, obviously, he'll get better as the more games experience he gets, but I've, I've seen him in the VFL. And some of the things he does is just instinctual. Um, that's what sets us apart from a lot of, you know, generation sides. They have good quality players. We've got a really good depth of core that are instinctive players. They're just born to play a certain way and that fits our mode. Um, and our, we've built the culture around those types. Um, and he screams it to me. He's, he's He was brilliant and I was so proud of him. Absolutely stoked with him. Yeah. And uh, to Enzo's point, his comment I've popped up on the screen here, Arts, I know – I know that we've been probably a bit critical of him the last few weeks, um, but I also think that criticism was warranted because he wasn't performing at the level needed. But his last two or three weeks have been excellent and his stints through the midfield were inspired. So whoever made the call to chuck him in there, it was a great call. It was a bold call, uh, but he did not let the team down. And, uh, and back on Hugo, I wish he had the number 27 on his back for like when um, Stewie Maxfield started off. He's just got the same Stewie Maxfield-type mullet. And I just wish... I just want to yell at Boof at the screen when I see him, but, you know. You know it's funny. <laughs> Justin played with this player that he reminds me of, right? Now, he's more physical than this player I'm going to mention, but it reminds me of Greg Kimmendahl. 
in, in the sum of elements of his game, he's very Timondale-like. Timondale, yeah, he had a really big, long kick, but Timondale was underrated by how often he, how hard he ran, um, up and down, up and down. And I love Justin's thoughts. What do you see in you, guy? Or what have you seen? Um, oh, look, what a tough game to come in. Uh, that was a that was a an important game against a physically mature team. Um, and he's going to be better for the run. Um, I see, I, I reiterate what you're saying there, T, about him. Um, I think he's a bigger body than Tivendale. Tivendale's, you know, quite slight um, and a pure runner. Um, I think Ralph Smith is a bigger body, um, prop, has similarities. I can see what you see. Um, but I think he's more physical than Tivendale. Um, and I think that the game and, and the role that we need him to play requires that as well. Um, but he's got a big future. And, look, he's going to be better for the run. Um, and there were times he didn't get a, a you know, a huge run. Um, but I think, um, you know, it's just I'm astounded at, at, you know, the players that we're able to bring in. Uh, uh, and they don't look out of place at the level. And the last one as well that uh, someone's brought up is Riley Collier Dawkins. Yeah, he was in instrumental. His um, his goal, his first goal that he got, little shimmy and sidestep, kept mm. us in the game, and then he set shot. But even for Jack Rewalt to back the young kid in to have the shot on goal when Jack's one of your main, you know, key forwards, showed a lot of courage from Jack and a lot of trust and faith in um, RCD, and he, he obviously paid us back in spades. So. He definitely played a good game and uh, you can't not play him. So good team effort all round, good to get the win. CB, bloodbath. Absolutely. So I've got a main one and a slight sting at the back end. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go with Tom Brown. Tom, <laughs> last Tuesday night you attempted to link the nightclub fight with Bolton putting off his contract, his current contract talks. In a pitiful play for drama, Channel 7 Sport actually allowed you to lie to the viewers. And that's what it was. It was a bald-faced lie. Right? So as, as late as the 26th of April on SEN, Ralph Carr stated, there's no rush on Shy, re, Shy or Shay re-signing. He said he will make his decision at the end of the year. In the Australian, on the 5th of March, Ralph Carr pledged Bolton to stay a Tiger. Carr revealed to the Herald Sun that while contract talks might take some time, Bolton's only priority was eventually re-signing with the club. Even Johnny Ralph, John Ralph, right? An absolute lightweight. Three days ago, stayed at Bolton, has knocked back big offers from the <laughs> West Coast Eagles and Rio to stay at Richmond. Brendan Gale and Damien Harwick, they've stated they feel very comfortable with where things are at. So tell us, Tom, what is your source when you say that the contract talks have been put on hold? Is Channel 7 now happy to peddle lies and innuendo as factual reporting? The facts are, you're a never was lightweight who got the job because of who your father is. I mean, seriously, we've gone from Mike Sheehan, <laughs> Patrick Smith, Rowan Connolly to Tom fucking Brown. That's how low the industry has sunk. <laughs> Tom, I want you to know we don't respect you. We are laughing mm. at you, not with you, you fat tool. Now, on to Cane Corns. <laughs> we have seriously broken this man, right? This whole draw obsession, right, it's actually 
it's actually got really sad. And it seems to be the default when you're struggling. I mean, even guys like Richo are on Twitter. Everybody's off the draw talk, right? It's just, it's where it is. So, Kane, your captain's run obsession is like masturbating with a cheese grater. It's amusing at first, but now it's just quite painful. <laughs> Please jog on, Chad's younger brother. Done. Jesus, you've come off a long run up there, CB. Well, well done, mate. Very good. Um, I need a smoke after that. That's good. Yeah, I know. Wow. TT going to follow that one up with the Tiger Den. Well, I'm still trying to work out how uh, masturbating with the cheese grater is amusing at first. Like, that'd be freaking acne for me. But, you know, you live in the country, CB, so you guys roll a different path, I bet. Just a lifestyle lift, mate. Lifestyle lift. <laughs> mate, you guys are hard down there in the bush. Very hard. Don't you worry about that, mate. Latrobe Valley. I had a few um, I had a few topics I was going to focus on, but I started to settle on the state of the game, how I see it. Um, and in part, it relates to, look, the AFL and everyone's talking about how there's no one going to games, right? And one of the, the guys on chat asked, was it me on SE? And I, I rang them, I think it was on Saturday night or picking my son up from his job and thought I'd give a call because they were giving it to our supporters for not arriving at Marvel, right? And I gave my personal view why I didn't attend, right? Well, I refused to attend anything that my hard earned is going to support this organisation called the AFL. And then it led me to think, all right, let's have a look at the state of the game. So I watched Friday night. And Friday night's not a Richmond game. It was was the Saints and the Cats. And what happened in that game exemplified to me how the AFL has completely lost touch of what makes football football and why we supporters love it, how that has filtered through with a couple of power-hungry people like Steve Hocking, Gill, um, now they're in an organisation trying to dictate to get us to enjoy the game how they like it and using metrics as a way to define what makes our code special. Our code wasn't done in a fucking test tube with fucking marketing KPIs of why it's a special game, what brings us to the game. The contest brings us to the game. Um, the, the, the blood and soul of the game brings us into it, and they're trying to dilute it as quick as they can. And the, one of the decisions that define and backs I believe, my opinion, is how they interpret holding the ball. There are clear evidence to me that there are certain sides at the umpiring department, umpire to the jump arm. What am I mean? And I'm not putting a tin boy hat and saying, yeah, Richmond's always going to get the, the bad end and stick. They are, because I'm going to explain why. But there's other sides that will cop it too. The Saints, for example, will cop it. But certain sides just automatically benefit. Um, and what I mean by that is, if we looked at it that Geelong and St Kilda game, and, and you had a look at it. You think the rules were completely different for one side compared to the other side. Um, you had Geelong players spun 363 or four times. It was no problem. You had them clearly throwing the ball as soon as they got contact, play on. You got them dropping the ball after having prior, play on. And that's why supporters get sick of seeing that level of umpiring. And I give the benefit of the doubt that it's an unconscious bias. I'm not saying they're intentionally doing this, but they get filtered through. Steve Hawking says, we're changing the standing of the mark because Richmond is too aggressive defending the mark. The umpires are people. They go, okay, Richmond does this. I've got to understand this. So when they see a decision, and a perfect example of this was in our game, where I heard the actual umpire was mic'd. Jack Rewald is going for a mark. His hands are up. I've replayed it several times. 
the defender, like defenders are supposed to do, engages Jack Rewalt, puts his hand over his neck. So Jack's arm falls down and it obviously on. He tries to protect the ball drop, so he's put his right arm down on the chest of the GWS player. The umpires paid it play on, didn't penalise the GWS player, and his reasoning, you both were engaged. Now, I've never heard in the rule box, and I checked online, that if a defender engages a forward or a forward engages a defender, it means you throw um, head-high contact out the window. There's no interpretation that will do that. That brings me to believe, because they know Richmond forwards and Richmond have a certain way of defending the ball, a certain way of playing. Well, no, no, it must have been Jack's fault. Now, he consciously didn't think that, but subconsciously that was he's already made his decision up, and that's what we're copping at the moment. Certain teams are prejudged before they actually play a game of football, and the crowds are getting sick of it. Um, I'm personally getting sick of it. I'm personally getting sick of um, the constant rule changes, and that's and that's ruined the state of the game. Um, GWS game, the last half was probably uh, everyone loved it. Why? It was highly contested. There was actually stoppages. There was actually some free-falling offensive football. You know, attacking the corridor, guys flinging themselves at each other. It wasn't um, this rubbish with that. Is, um, that's been forced on us by the dictatorship, that's the AFL. Till that changes, the crowd's going to get worse. And using COVID as an excuse, I think, is a cop-out. That's my piece. Yeah, fair enough. The crowds are well down. And, I mean, I think from talking to supporters at other clubs as well, a lot of it is how hard it is to obtain tickets. Um, the online system's a bit of a debacle, especially when we were at 85% capacity, um, as in Melbourne, and you still couldn't sit in your reserve seat, but you look over two bays across and you've been put... Ne- you know, right near us. Like, why couldn't they, you know, just put everyone in their seats? But hopefully it gets fixed. Um, Justin, what did you think of Dimmer blatantly saying hate's coming to Marvel? Is that something that's better left sort of just kept close to his chest or to say internally, or are you happy for him to speak his mind like that? I think uh, you've got to put the comment in context. It was, you know, if you, if you, and this is what the media does. Uh, they just take that small piece of I, I don't like coming here, we don't like coming here, I hate coming here. But there was a whole explanation as to the reason why. Um, he said, well, our, our people, you know, don't come here. There's only 16,000 or whatever there was here. Uh, our people don't like coming here. I'd love to pick them up in my car and drive them here, but I can't do that, um, you know. Our home games are at the MCG. We prefer the MCG. Our people turn up there to be honest i hate coming here but so in the context of that comment it's really not that bad and he you know he was kind of i mean and and do we want our coaches and and our players being you know speak their mind like that i'm happy with it and it's true and it's a comfort thing as well you know you're comfortable i mean I'm sure if you ask uh, Chris Scott where he'd like to play his home games, I mean, he's going to say they love playing at Cadinia Park and, they'd, you know, uh, to Tiggy at the umpiring, I just wanted to touch on that. I think that was the first time I've actually heard it put in that context, saying umpires, umpire to the jumper. I think that's really astute. I, I think um, I think certainly that's got that has to be part of the problem why our I mean, because it's the free kicks that you don't get paid as well. There was two free kicks not paid on the weekend. In fact, one was paid against us. There was a high a free kick for 
holding the ball that our player was taken around the neck. Um, and certainly every free kick on the neck, WS was certainly paid. Maybe, maybe one was let go. The raw end of the pineapple often. Uh, someone made notice because I was pretty critical of Tom Lynch uh, this week. And make no mistake, I'm a man crush on Tom Lynch. He's going to come good. Um, but someone mentioned that he's only had four free kicks in the nine games he's played. And um, Tex Walker's had something like 12 free kicks in seven games. Um, look, that that's quite incredible. I mean, I, how do you justify that? The only way, and I think you're right, Tiggy, I think it, it is a subconscious thing that, you know, we're the, we're the kings of the jungle and any extra help that we get, they'll get criticised for perhaps, maybe subconsciously is playing on their mind. But uh, something's got to be done because it's it's infuriating. And even if, even if they just let it go, just try and get some sort of consistency where things are getting paid both ways, then we'd sort of shut up about it. Or at least because the free every week, this week it was seven, seven free kicks, uh, a differential. And that's on average, I reckon. And if you have a look at how many players statistically get seven possessions or less, there's probably about a third of the, the list each week that will get seven possessions or less. So they're getting, the opposition are getting that player extra per week. It's it's unbelievable. It's, you know, unbelievable. You, you can't tell me, JC, you cannot tell me that we, with way systems are systems are taught defensively and things like that, there is such a difference in the way Richmond players go about it and the rest of the league. You can't tell me there's that big a gap. No, that's right. And someone's just uh, written on the comment there that dark teams tend to get uh, penalised. Well, that's really interesting. Maybe we've got to wear the yellow jumper more often. Be interesting to see how many free kicks we get with the yellow jumper. I'm glad you That'd be that a up. fascinating study. Someone that. needs to pull that up. I actually, I actually had a mate of mine to dig that up. We actually get, we actually get more free kicks in the yellow jumper than we do in the, um, in in the, the original Guernsey. Is that right? By a streak, by an absolute streak. Right? We're actually in the positive differential in the yellow than we are in, wow. in the. Wow. Uh, well, that's the almost. Yeah, hundred percent. That's almost. That's almost. That's almost enough to wear the yellow jumper in all the big games. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Any big game, but just put the yellow jumper on. Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's mental, isn't it? It's pathetic to come to that, though, this in a competition. A, so we, we need to bring it to SEN about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. That is Gary oh, and Tim tomorrow amazing. morning. You've been warned. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, for listeners out there, we're going to leave the next <laughs> seven to ten minutes open to your questions. So if you've got questions for any of us, Send them through. We'll pop them up on the screen and we'll get through as many as we can. Uh, I know you were keeping an eye on Twitter as well, JC. Anything interesting come through there? Uh, I said that, but I can't concentrate on two things at <laughs> <Yeah>. once. <laughs> no, so I've just been focusing no. on our, co our conversation, to be honest. Now, I have a quick look. Hang on. While, quick while look. you're looking, uh, for anyone who's it's, sending uh, through stuff about trade news uh, and player information, Tiggs and I are going to, to do a show at some point just trade-related because the info starts to roll through Is that in the next few months, Tiggs. Is that about right? Yeah, I've got one tidbit, right? I'll do one tidbit because I know people, a lot of people are asking about it, but I'll, I'll give you a preview, right? Um, I mentioned, um, obviously, John Ralph and some of the media just word-for-word word copied what I said in relation to Shy Bolton, but 
I've been pretty strong that CCJ, I don't think he'll be at the club next year, not because he doesn't want to, it's just the office is too good. I've, I've had confirmed, and I believe where I'm getting got this wrong, that uh, it's not 100% going to happen yet because obviously the club is busy, you know, in a season and the like. Um, but, yeah, there's two particular clubs throwing really big, solid offers at CCJ. Um, we all know about GWS have tried to get him a few times. He just does not. He's not super keen going to Sydney. Um, but from what I've heard and what I saw the other day, Gold Coast Suns don't rule them out. Um, they they understand with Pete, um, who's their main rock from that's injured. His injury is worse than what they oh, thought. Yeah, um, plus of his age. Um, and they see him as a perfect ruck forward for them um, and giving him, um, you know, full-blown game time and, and also get more of our culture into that club. So, yeah, well, and they've got money to spend. To. Yeah, they've got money to spend. So that's all I'll say. There's a, there's a few now names are coming. So we'll watch this we'll first. Yeah, so we're going to do a show. Yeah. yeah, in a month's time, I reckon it'll be perfect timing. All right, some questions are in for UCB from so, Dick on Twitch. We've so, got who do you think will lead the DNF? Just Chris. Chris? So, yeah, just, just on the CCJ thing. So I had a question come through. JC, do you favour us going taller in the forward line? Uh, and will that mess with our forward pressure? Um, the answer to that is no, I don't, but I definitely favour two Ruckman. Absolutely. I, mm, I think we're a better you. team with two Ruckman. And I and yeah. I, it, it it absolutely – I've got my heart in my mouth when I see Marlon Pickett go up in the Ruck uh, and, and it does my head in to see Noah Bolter because it weakens you in two positions, right? Now, can Noah Bolter play in the Ruck? Yes, he can. Is he good in the Ruck? Yeah, he's a pretty good – Substitute, right? But it weakens our defence, right? And j just to have an, another specialist ruckman, another big B, because and Marlon Pickett's going to get fucking hurt, right? Because when you're jumping up against those, and we saw it on the weekend, he, he, uh, forget who he went up against, but he There's was one he contest him backwards, and it only takes one of those. Exactly, right, right, and that's just, like I like seeing Pickett in the middle. Like, I, I want to see him take his turn, you know, in the middle, uh, but at Ruck Rover. I don't want to see him in the Ruck. It's He's going to get hurt, and I hate it. Do not like it at all. Can, can I just say, JC, uh, we've been asking I, I, for CCJ yep. to come in for the last three weeks on this program. We've been saying, bring him in and play Marlon Pickett right. as an on-baller well, because we've got a deficiency there with our injuries. And every week, we're right. just rolling with Nank right, right. and small blokes. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah it, we're, we're on we're on the I'm, same I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just wanted to I just wanted to put a cap on this. They don't Go. rate CCJ's ruck work over Martin, which is another recruit we got in all Soldo. That I think we're looking at a medium term view, not a short term one. It's frustrating as hell, and I'd love to see CJ in, but that's mm. my impression. They don't rate his ruck work compared to the other two people on the list. Yeah, well, from well, what I've seen, okay. here it is. Here, here it is. This is it. This is it. This is We're it ready, right boys. CCJ, CCJ, he has all the attributes of being an absolute A grade, like absolute A grade ruckman forward, and he he already is showing enough, or has shown enough, for my mind, um, that he should be in right and. There comes a time that if you don't 
if he doesn't get his turn when it, when it is his turn, and I don't know what more you got to do than kick five goals, right? And we go better with two ruck, and I don't. You've got to give him a chance, right? And if you don't, then it's going to open up for other clubs to because he'd walk in. He would walk into most clubs. He'd be in the best twenty-two in most clubs, um, uh, and I would just hate. It would. I would hemorrhage. I would huck a lung up if he went to another club because uh, he is he is going to be an absolute A grader. He's got to get in there. And when you play two ruckmen like that, it I don't favour a small forward line, but it gives you the option. And CCJ is a legitimate marking forward and he's a beautiful kick too. So, um, and, and I think the Bulldogs, uh, the Bulldogs were a different team when they got Steph Martin and uh, and English it allowed it took the pressure off English and English is a he is a legitimate marking forward at 200 plus centimeters whatever he is and he's a beautiful kick the Bulldogs look Steve Wallace um, Mitch Wallace can't get a game because of that and and they're playing a lot better I believe because their structures taller up forward um, and I, I think that could be our next evolution right now yeah CCJ no, got play, please we're all on the same page there. All right, we'll get through some questions. CB, who's leading our BNF at this stage? Look, after the weekend, I'll say Martin, but I really want it to be Nankervis, if I'm honest. I think Nankervis is still having a top three season. Um, I really want it to be Nank, but I'll say Dusty, he's just um, he's just magic. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's a go. Uh, Tiggs, do you think Asprey's like he's struggling, yep. taking off from a sprint? I'm not sure about that. I just think it's the since Asprey where he is in his career. I think he's injured. Um, it's just where he's at in his career. Um, Asprey's always been a depth defender for me. Like you know, play on a grill, that's a type of thing. But he's better when there's quality around him and it lifts his game. It's like Broad when there's quality around Broad, he becomes a real weapon. But yeah, that's just where Asprey is. That's his level. I think Broad is quality. I mean, too. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. he did. But plays better when Grimes is inside, for example, and Watson's around him. They, yeah. all, they all complement each other well. Yeah, they do. Uh, Justin, Josh Kelly, where's his best position? I, I love Josh Caddy. He brings a hard and toughness to our, yeah. you know, that edge that I love seeing us play with. Um, he's a genuine goal kicker. Um, they're playing him. They're kind of playing him off. Um, uh, oh, they're, they're, they're playing him off the wing or they're playing him in that sort of wing role. I like to see him on that wing role, but, where, you know, where does he sort of fit? Um, where's his best position? Don't know. And I don't know where he actually fits in. He's a half-forward flanker. Yeah, spot on. Half forward, he's intelligent, good at the end. Like, I'd have him you there. You have to manage. I'd have him there. I'd have him there. See, we were thinking and he's if tough. CCJ he's come tough in. Too. He takes no shit. Well, yeah, he, we, we, we were sort of backing in. If CCJ come in as a second ruck, Pickett goes on the ball, then Caddy could have come onto the other wing with Camden. That's actually what our logic was to get him back in the team. That's, that's what I was going to say. Camden McIntosh, they're sort of playing him off. McIntosh and Caddy were sort of vying for that same spot, and I think, I think I like McIntosh. 
he, he, I think he's got a bigger engine. You know, he's a better runner yep. up and down, uh, and he's probably a, a, a better running kick, a longer running kick, a more penetrating uh, running kick. But um, I think you're right, boys. I think maybe, yeah, half forward is set mid. Yeah. He plays tall. You know, he can play. He plays taller than uh, good mark for his size, and he's a goal kicker. He's just so strong down there. Uh, I CB. like the team. Does Sydney Stack make yeah. it back in this season or will he be gone next year? Now, he did have a good game in the VFL on the weekend. If you look at Stack's numbers, he's getting incrementally better each game. His, his numbers are improving each game. And I'll make the call now. He'll be in the team, back in the team at some stage after the bye. I think I think there's a spot for him. If he um, mm. fingers get his head down, ass up, there'll be a spot for him and he will play before the year is out. I'm, I'm convinced his numbers are already improving. Spot on. And, and I he think, won't be deleted. And he, that we'll keep him. Yeah, we won't, we won't cut him. We'll keep him. No, we won't cut him. Look, you know, I, I, I think uh, here's one. <laughs> this could – I really think the club let CCJ and Sydney stack down last year um, in not fighting to get that suspension reduced. Ten weeks, ten weeks for, for being out and about after breaking curfew, that is complete and utter bullshit. I think the club should have went in harder uh, and and appealed that ten weeks. Um, you know, and, and I I just don't think we we fought hard enough for Stack and CCJ in that incident. Um, and I, I think you're right. He's got that Stack has got that X factor. Um, I'm calling. They may bring him in for the Indigenous round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of that? Yeah, was, I don't mind that. I thought he was stiff, mate. As it turns out, if you just strap a bag of weed to your next to your ball sack, apparently you just get a fine. You yeah. know, but if you're caught in the wrong postcode at the wrong time, you can uh, <laughs> cop jail time, right? So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Tiggs, could Rewell mm. play on the wing, similar to Richo, and have CCJ as that half forward slash ruck? No, no, he doesn't have – look, he has a footy brain. Um but he doesn't have the tank to run up and down, run up and down. But it's funny, I mentioned during the um the game on the weekend, I won CCGJ as a forward, right? And as a you know, as a relief front. Um, and I thought, well, how is the best way to get him in without ruining our structure completely? Keep in mind, this is under proviso that Damien Hardwick refuses to play three talks, right? A lot of hating on Jack Rewalt, no one loves him more than me, right? So I thought Jack Rewalt for me, I know people that's really Keeping on Lynch at the moment, but Lynch still provides a greater target in my belief. Even though Jack Rewalt's had a few more, a lot more goals than Lynch, but structurally Lynch is a bit more valuable, in my opinion, than Jack. So I thought, what we've got to have to do with Jack? Maybe move him into the centre. I even because he played a few times. Something just be creative with Jack. Get him out of that forward line and put CCJ in. But you couldn't put him as a winger. It, it, yeah. I would put him. I'd put him. I'd even put him in the back line. You know, he's something he's a smart, he can read the play better than anyone. It's a good mark. Um, you know, you've got Vlosten out of form. You've got Hawley out of form. Maybe put one of those in the tools too. Sorry if we need to get a bit taller. Anything. But, you know, he can't play wing. Simple answer is yeah. no. Fair enough. Uh, we'll do a couple more. CB, is Lynch's knee injury from when he come across still affecting him? We don't see him on the lead much anymore. I... Th- I get really frustrated when I see a guy who's 200 centimetres continually playing from behind. 
when the game is faster. If he gets, if he takes front position and leads, um, no one's stopping him, and he crunches he blokes to get his way. And mm-hmm. it really frustrates me. Um, I've wondered about his knee because you also think with the structure, he never ever takes a centre bounce. So I think the club is still protecting him because obviously he's a very valuable asset to for what he means to our structures and our team. Um, I'll say, I'll say no, but I think the club is certainly playing him in areas where it's, he's not going to do as much damage as if he went into the ruck. Put it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. No, 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 fair enough, call. Uh, the last one for you, Justin. Uh, where do you guys rank Bolton's mark with other Tiger grabs? Didn't win mark of the week, by the That's way. That's a beauty, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, the, the, well, that's where all the Collingwood nuffies get together <laughs> and they, uh, you know, vote on mass and vote their guy in. Um, luckily, there's a loophole that the AFL can add uh, marks that they feel would contend for mark of the year. Um, he was threatening to do that for a, a number of weeks. Um, we saw uh, Luke Beveridge comment that uh, he, he Luke Beveridge comment after the game when we played them was that geez some of their little blokes our big blokes had to spoil them um, and he was referring to Marlon Pickett and Bolton the way that they can almost get under the ball but then their vertical leap they sort of take the ball from the the guy that thinks he's got the sit um, take it out of the guy's hands so he was threatening to do that for a number for a number of weeks. Like you could yeah. see he's just getting his timing and then everything came together and he, he just sat on top of his shoulders. It was an absolute belter. I think that oh, that's as good as Roach's mark. That's as good as Roach's mark on the Merritt Hassett uh, bag there um, back in the 80s. I, I think that it's every big, bit as big, um, maybe not as contested but uh, as Roachie's mark, but that was an absolute classic, AFL classic. I, I, I said at the time, just flip him the keys, give him the keys to the Pajero. <laughs> well, he's jumping on his shoulders. Not, not as good, though. I still reckon Mitchell's mark was better. Yeah. When Mitchell basically stood that guy's shoulders, that was a, that's a freak mark, that. Oh. That was, that was in the – that was in uh, – at – clean field just one-on-one wasn't it so he just yep. stood bolt upright on his shoulders he barely touched him did not even <laughs> touch him just that <laughs> no, just plonked up in his shoulders that yeah. was a beauty yeah. don't know how oh, good on your disco real or not but if it is <laughs> you're still the man Rochi. you're still the man disco <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll tell you something, Disco. Do you know that I made the first woman I made love to? I did it with number eight on my back, mate. <laughs> True story. Oh dear. All right, with, <laughs> and uh, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for everyone sending through your questions. We got through as many as we could. But uh, Tiggs, time to kick into the preview for this week versus the Lions. Um, yeah, look, it's a, um, I'm a bit confused because then we've got thoughts of the games, um, and it's. Got CB. So you just want me to uh, just discuss that? I have no idea. Ins and outs and why? Ins and outs and yeah. what, what you think? Ins and outs, Jigs. Who... All right. So just ins and outs. What do you guys reckon? Like for me, um, I reckon with uh, Brisbane, their midfield is really, really motoring, which is giving a lot of supply to their tools. Um, 
So what I just sort of looked at the side, you know, you don't want to take anyone out, but I'd probably look at this is the proviso that Caddy, based on that one game, Harvey goes, you know what, we need a mature body in that as a defensive forward that can actually, you know, lead up, take a mark, take a bit of pressure off Lynch. Um, he's going to cop Harris Andrews, and then you've got old Jack Rewalt will get Harris Andrews. Um, and then the other defender, I think we can stretch him a bit if we get a good marking target. So I'd probably say Hugo, even though I love him, and Nash, I'd probably remove those two. I'd probably bring in. Wow. That must have hurt you, Tiggs. That must have hurt. I'll bring Caddy in. Just a bit of background, JC. Tiggs is just all over Patrick Nash. He just shot Bambi. Wow. If Caddy's good enough to come in, then I would. What about that 60-meter kick to Dusty? Oh, that was great. That was a good kick. Oh, I've got that on replay. I just watch it before I go to bed of a night time. I'm going to the boys. But, glorious um, look, I bring, I bring Caddy in. Um, you know what? You guys change the mind. Can you go out to Caddy and leave no shit? Fair enough. There we go. So I'm, I saw a tweet of yours. And the funny thing yeah. is I was thinking along the same lines, yet I was going to do it differently. I reckon being it's a plane ride up to Brizzy, I think it's an opportunity to rest either Jack or Tom, if one of them's a bit sore or what have you. Yeah. I reckon there's an opportunity for one of those blokes to take a week off, and I would bring CCJ in because then you can play Nankervis as the second tall forward if you want, or CCJ and rotate him through. Um, and I would, I'm just looking for an excuse to bring Josh Caddy in. So I'm with you. I would have probably CCJ and Caddy in, and I would spell one of the other big blokes and – Probably poor old Hugo, he's out. But I'll leave Nash in. Ooh. You're a gun, mate. But can I ask you, is it a game to put a forward in with no midfield? Like our midfield's still really weak, and I'm worried about this game that Brisbane would absolutely bitch slap us, right? Well, I, no, so well, in mind, they don't now, get enough supply. They've got they've got some injuries as well. They've got um uh Neil's out still injured. Um who's that uh, Rainer's out injured? They've got a couple out themselves, but I just think you can put if you bring in a second. So if you bring in CCJ who can ruck as well, it leaves Marlon Pickett to run through the middle, and with yeah, all the other rotations. So if, if you're going to roll with Baker, Loston, yeah, um, even Caddy yeah. can roll through the middle. Oh, you actually extend yeah. your midfield run, and you've still got two big blokes competing because um because Brisbane's ruck big O he's playing fairly decent footy. So you're going to need a couple of blokes to bash and crash him. Yeah, great. JC, what are the changes, mate? I'm hopeless at this because I, I I really hate announcing the ones that I want to drop, um, you know. But but I, look, I think at a pinch, uh, I want to see CCJ in. I, I think Coleman Jones has to come in uh, because it gets to a point where you lose heart when you're playing really well, um, you're kicking the door down, and if you don't get a game, um, then. I don't know, it sends a bad message. Uh, so whatever has to happen to get him into the game um, has to happen. And if that's at the expense of, of Ralph Smith or, or Naish or, you know, one of the more inexperienced guys, um, then so be it. Um, and and I, can't wait, I can't wait to see Sydney Stack back in the game, uh, back in our team. Um, just as a... I don't know. Just as an affirmation, I, he he was he was going along all right, and I think, uh, but I, I think they'll bring him back in uh, in the in this round. I think it's that opportunity to slingshot him in in that way. But um, 
the only change I'd like to see, and it's I don't like changing a winning lineup. By the way, um, mm. when you win, I don't having any change if you don't need to if there's no injuries. So, um, but I think certainly Coleman Jones needs to come in. That would be the only one that I definitely and whatever we have to do to to facilitate that, then that's what we need to do. Mansell might be one that may need a rest. He has worked his ass off the last few weeks, and it's not be through no fault of his own. It's just the not having the tank to go a full AFL season. So I wonder if there's scope for CCJ for Mansell and just shuffling the deck chairs down back potentially. Well, that's what I reckon Stacky. Funny is I reckon Stacky, if he's coming in, he's coming in on the half-back line somewhere at some stage. I'll put him behind the ball. Oh, I should be hard. <laughs> <laughs> You Bruce, who's that? Who did that? That's oh, him. Oh, well, just the letter A. <laughs> yeah, see. A for ass uh, That's what it is. See, I understand, <laughs> Justin. You cop it on social, so do I, mate. It's all he would never say that to my face. He's right though. <laughs> it's just bloody fine. The camera angles get the chin. <laughs> so where where do we see the game being won or lost, C B? It's I in many you see a lot of socials commentary about it. People are saying this is almost a free hit for us, almost conceding the game. I don't like doing that because we tend to give ourselves a chance anywhere, anytime, and the young kids showed they've got a bit of fight about mm, them. Mm. Uh, but Brisbane are flying as well, so we we have to pay them off think, respect. Mm, I don't think we view it as a free hit. I think we're going over to take the points, mate. The, the, yeah. the team that rocks up there is going for the chockies. Absolutely. And, um, I think, to, to me, it's, it's, it's been our Achilles heel all year. If our, You saw in the weekend, if I go scroll back up, so our small forwards kicked, what, one... To include RCD, three, four, six with Arts. So we kicked 10 goals between our small blokes all of a sudden, just simply by even putting Dustin Martin back in the forward line and getting him dangerously, which we hadn't seen for two weeks, which changed the whole dynamic of that forward line. So I think I think defensively we'll cover him. Um, Harris Andrews, wonderful fullback. Tom, someone's going to have to take him and try and take him out of the game because he's a wonderful intercept marker. Um, I think... Funny thing is, I think our midfield's going to go okay. But I think if our small guys, if we can just get going at the front end and get that forward pressure going, locking it in, putting the pressure on, that's that's where it's going to be one for us. How we bring how we bring it into the forward line, if we're just going to dump it on Tom Lynch's head and he's got four blokes around him, forget it. We were a bit smarter with how we isolated um, GWS's defenders on the weekend, like having Dustin Martin one-on-one deep forward and everybody else out of the way. We went old school. And it just paid dividends. So I, I think it, it all hinges on our small guys. If they can get eight goals or what have you, you know what I mean? I think that really puts us in good stead. That's right. I see our back, back line's great. Midfield, I'm hoping we break even. It's just a question of what we do forward of the ball. So I, I, I was asked this in 2019, who I thought was our biggest threat. And... If you recall, my biggest threat was ourselves and our poor kicking. I think mm. our biggest threat this year is dominating uh-huh. large chunks of the game and large chunks of possession without actually getting any reward for it on the scoreboard. Um, it's cost us a couple of games, right? Yeah. We were fumbling the football all game, but... You know, we still dominated large chunks of the game with possession without actually hurting them on the scoreboard. And I think that is going to be key this week. If we if we don't get value for our possession this week, we're going to lose the game, 
right? We can't afford to. And we've got to kick the goals that, you know, eight and $900,000 a year forwards have just got to fucking kick. Like, end of story. I don't care. You know, sort yourself out. You know, you can't be missing goals 30 and 40 metres out directly in front. Um, you know, we saw a kid, um, uh, uh, Collier Dawkins, you know, for his first goal, just lay the ball across his left foot and snapped it. I mean, those goals are running for jam in AFL football. You've got to kick those. And we've just got to take uh, – and, and they're easy shots. They're, they're shots that professional AFL footballers just have to kick. Uh, and if we do, then I, we'll win by 24 points. There we go. The Oracle making uh, making uh, a point. <laughs> hey, if, we, if we take that. our opportunities, we're going to win by 24 points. If we don't, we're going to get beat. Tiggs? There you go. Yeah, no, great. Um, very similar to you two blokes, but the way I sort of see it for me is I think we're funny in a funny way of, with UCB that I think we've fixed our midfield issue in the sense that we're making, we're going to make our matchups really under unpredictable for opposition to plan for because we now can roll Hearts in there. We can roll Baker in there. We can roll George, um, Daniel in there, George in there, so on and so forth. So what that means is we can pull them out of the forward line. Let's say Arts goes into the centre. We can then bring someone that normally doesn't play forward into the forward line. So that's what's really important to me. If Caddy is fit, we need three intelligent forwards. We've got them. We've got Lynch. We've got Jack and we've got Caddy. That should hopefully straighten us up, attack the gold square, give us the opportunity to do our conversion because like I, um, Justin said, our Achilles Hill's always been, you know, actually scoring from the, the dominance that we have. Um, I see us, our back line, I see their back line not being as strong as their, their centre-half game, centre-forward game, Brisbane. Um, they can get caught out. They're very reliant on Rich. Um, he does not like being completely manned, yeah. manned up. Um, Good point on Rich. If we, if I see Rich get loose and yeah. do a bloody quarterback goal, I will spew up. Yeah, so they, they, if you're allowed them to do that, they will burn you. But if you man him up and block his ability, like only really he's only getting the ball when he's kicking the ball out, you, you're basically one half the battle with him. Um If we can, if our forwards play, if our forwards play that the way, if they spread their defenders. Um, what I loved about last the second half of last week's game is that if you notice, we kicked the ball long, hard, but low. We didn't do this bloody high ball. We made it an ugly game. We, we forced our defenders to engage our forwards um, on either the direct lead or the ball was on the ground. That's why, like, Rioli's goal was a symptom of that because Jack crumbed it, got the loose ball, handballed it to space, bounced lucky and off you go. You make your own luck. So... I really hope we do the same. Our, our midfielders who aren't our forwards, I say midfielders, but they're really forwards and back pockets aren't used to how to hit up a forward properly. So they just, you know, just get it in a dangerous spot. We play that way. Um, I reckon we're going to give them a show. Like I personally tip us to win this, um, but only if we convert our opportunities, like Justin said. Uh, but I don't think we're, going to, we're at it. I don't think this is, we're going to get smacked. Like Richmond gets angry when you know when your club's pissed off and we're pissed off at the moment and when we're pissed off we rarely lose so it'd i'm bullish about it it'd be a very big ask well i'll have a look at some matchups quickly before we get final predictions uh cb lions versus dusty as in uh, i think it's jared lines he's playing unbelievable football at the moment do you reckon dusty even knows who he is dusty's dusty's what must just rock up and go mate 
Who, who are you? Do you know who I am, right? <laughs> no, the guy's very good player. Just, he, very, he just says, player, follow, but... follow me, I'll take you to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I weighed Campbell on, isn't it? Just stay with me, I'll take you where it is. Um, no, Lions, Lions, very good player, but unfortunately, he has to be on a bloke who's the GOAT. So, um, and again, what will be fascinating is, are we just going to telegraph the move for the rest of the year? We are putting Dusty forward. So you better have plan B ready to go when the great man decides to go into that um, forward 50 for us. And that'll be the big question. Have the Lions got that defender? Who are they sacrificing to stop Dusty when he goes into forward 50? And that'll be the fascinating part of how they're going to structure their defence to cover that because um, he does like the gabba, Dusty. He does like kicking sausage rolls on that ground. Yeah. Uh, Tiggs, Dane Zorko versus Pickett. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, Zorko, I love him as a player, even though I hate him when I watch him in the game, but he does what Caddy, why I want Caddy in the side. He gets under your skin. He, he's, he's got that frog mentality where you just want to give him a slap across the face, right? He baits players superbly well to get that free kick and get that 50 metre. Uh, like he'll, he, and he's baited Pickett a few times uh, where Pickett's given away free kicks. He gave those 250s, if you remember, in the final that we lost. So if Pickett keeps his temper in check, I reckon he would have learned from the last time he, he came up with Zorko and got sucked in. So if he keeps his intelligence, I reckon Pickett will outrun Zorko. Zorko is a smart, crafty midfielder, but he knows he hasn't got the tank he used to have. He hasn't got the leg speed he used to have. So part of his game is to get, you know, is to suck the opposition in. So, if Pickett plays his game, ignores debating, doesn't get caught into the wrestling and to allow Zorko to drop to his knees like he's been hit when he hasn't, Pickett, I reckon, has got more talent than Zorko now in this stage of his career. I reckon he could outrun him, he could exploit it. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Don't get sucked in with Zorko. Fair enough. And the, the last one for you, JC, Noah Bolter versus Joe Danaher. I think Joe Danaher is an absolute imposter. Myself, um, <laughs> I, I, I think the move to Brisbane has really suited him, um, where he can be with other imposters. Um, but uh, no, look, he, look, he's got talent, but I, I think um, questions will be on the big stage uh, for Joe Danaher. I'm, I'm tipping Noah Bolter every day of the week, and I, I just hope Noah Bolter gets a good crack at him. Um, it gets all game on him and he plays down back or, because we've seen um, what Bolter's done when he gets a good run uh, in, in one position. Um, mm. he, he was heading towards an Australian backman. Um, and, and I think, you know, if Coleman Jones plays, then that affords him to do that. So we can put Coleman Jones in the in the second ruck. So let's, let's hope that uh, Noah gets a full game on him. Do you reckon, um, do you reckon someone should go to Mitch Robertson before the start of the game? Yeah, I've got actually... 5% battery power, but I love the show, so I'll just come into the bedroom and <laughs> hold on the phone up while it's charging. Just, just Sorry, don't Sammy. put the number right in the missus' back, mate. Um, so do you, reckon, um, do you reckon someone should go to Mitch Robertson before the game and actually ask if Danaher's a wanker for going to Brisbane to try and win a flag, like Mitch Robertson said Tom Lynch was? Uh, yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> Robbo, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting unit. I don't know. I don't think Robbo's the kind of player I don't reckon you try and fire up. Just let him do his thing. He's going to try and batch into our blokes and 
yeah, we'll just take it as it comes, I reckon. I hope, but, um, I hope Marlon Pickett gets gets put on Mitch Robinson at some stage. That's all I'll say. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough unit, Marlon. You, you know oh, what I, I hope? Them... I hope Van Curvis winds him up. Because he's hurting <laughs> lugs. Just, oh, that's all I ask for. All right, we'll get... <laughs> so Our blokes don't, we get we the, don't have uh, we don't have those kind of blokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I was scared so true. Like, you guys can watch. You want me to go? <laughs> All right, before we finish up, we'll get some predictions, including Marge and CB. Oh, now, actually, now, JC, we do two predictions. We do a margin, and then we do actually try and guess the free kicks for and against. So I'm going to say Richmond by 13 points. Oh. I will say we will be awarded 12 free kicks this week. We will get an extra two. But I think Brisbane will get 22. So it'll be 12 to 22, Brisbane's favour, free kicks. Kicks. <laughs> How long's a piece of string? I reckon free kicks will be 28-14, Brisbane's way. I reckon we'll win by 12 points. Yeah. I've got a feeling we're going to kick something like 19 points, 11 goals. It's going to be one of those type of games for us, but we'll get over the line by two goals. Um, and that's it. Very good. JC? Oh, I, I gave my margin. I, I think it'll be a if, – if we convert the way – that we need to we make the most of our opportunity um, and because and, we're going to – and we have been dominating possession for large chunks of the game and been getting the ball inside 50. If we can convert from those opportunities, which we should, um, I think it's going to be a 24-point margin. I think we'll do it easy. Um, and I, I'm not sure about the free kicks, but I th I'll pick the differential. I'll pick the free kick differential. Whatever differential, uh, whatever the free kicks are, will be 12 free kicks less. Okay. Oh, yeah. How's that? It's going to yeah. hurt, but you're probably not – won't be far off. Um, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm like my happy heads, that. <laughs> That's average. That's average. <laughs> uh, I reckon – I've got a good feeling about this game. I agree with Tiggs when he said that we're, we're angry. We play well when we play angry. The back-against-the-wall type mentality. So I'll pick Richmond by eight points. And I reckon we'll get 16 free kicks. Lions will get 22. That uh, no, it should be it should be a good game, and hopefully we, we get the get the result. Can I add an important point? Can I just say fuck you, Colton? Because enjoy right. Stoker. We're loving RCD. I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Stoker. Out there too, Justin Lepich. If you're listening, do not go to Carlton. I saw the article before. Do not go to Carlton. You, you, you've just set your life up. You're happy. Don't go there. If you want to be happy, don't go to Carlton. They are a train wreck. Stay the away. Is, and, Lepa, we know what car you drive, mate. And I swear, if you go to those two cars, um, those two clubs, you know, people will be oh, keen your car, sucking in tires. It won't be me. It won't be me. Angie, Angie says we're in the yellow jumper, so I might have to uh, adjust my uh, free kick tally <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, there we go. No, I'm sticking no, with it. After Dimmer's comments, I, I think it might be a bit closer. Maybe. All right, I think that's uh, <laughs> a wrap for the show. Thank you so much, Justin, for coming on, mate. We'll definitely uh, get you back on again. It's great to have you back on the socials. The Tiger Army love you. Uh, we love your, your insights, your input. You call a spade a spade, and I think that's all you can ask for in this day and age. So as the boy said at the start, ignore the trolls and the haters. You keep, keep doing what you're doing, and 
we'll embrace you and have you on whenever you get a chance. And um, I think by the reaction of the audience tonight, I think that's they're all, all on board with that. So thank you again, mate. Pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having us. Good on you, no. CB, Tiggy. And CB and Tiggy, pleasure God as bless. always. You did scare me there, Tiggy. I did think you were going to places you shouldn't go with a camera on. But, um, <laughs> Mate, but seeing how much I love you four blokes, I've uh, three blokes, so I freaking risk my wife's going to bash me after this because she reckons you guys could see her from the <laughs> mirrors in the room. But I said, no, no, I'm sitting here in the corner here. But, no, nah, Justin, I just want to say, mate, I said it the first time I met you from the last pod. You've always been a hero of mine, mate. You always, mate, you wore the jumper. Oh, thank you. You played with Thanks integrity. You. you played, yeah, it was great, mate. So if anyone gives you any shit, mate, you just DM me and I'll, oh. I've got your back. <laughs> he said the same thing with the last guest too, JC, but that's thank all right. You know. Thank you so much, Jim, for tuning in tonight. Uh, look, really thanks, guys. So, uh, I, I appreciate appreciate you guys. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. No, that's all right. No worries at all. It's a pleasure having you on. And thanks to everyone for commenting tonight and watching tuning in live. We hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll do it all again next week. Until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.